All right, welcome to another live Couch GM podcast. Today we're going to be talking all things college football. We're going to be recapping week three just a tad and then get into the, the wild weekend that's to come with week four. If you're going to be on the stream, make sure to comment your thoughts, opinions, questions, um, or if you're listening to this on an audio platform, make sure to join us Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Will and I are going to be talking football uh, Tuesdays moving forward. So with that, let's get into it. So Will... To uh, this last week, college football, um, it looks like 23 out of the top 25 teams in college football won their matchups. The only yep. teams that did not were Tennessee and Florida and then Kansas State and Missouri. Um, what were your thoughts on this past weekend? Well, I guess Florida now looks better than I thought they looked. Week one, they played Utah, backup quarterback. Barnes hasn't looked good. In that game, he looked decent. So I was like, oh, okay, Florida, they're not what they're supposed to be. Tennessee, Joe Milton, the dude has a cannon. I mean, he can throw it 80 yards flat-footed. Uh, but it's very clear that this is not the Tennessee team of last year. Uh, they're really – the loss of Hendon Hooker and uh, wide receiver on the edge has made a big change. It was great to see them fight at the end. Like, nothing's better than an offensive lineman squaring up to box. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about it that always makes me laugh. Uh, so I was impressed with Florida taking care of business. I mean, yeah, it's at home, but still – the Tennessee team is uh, really freaking good. And then, hey, it's good to see Missouri be semi-relevant again for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years since Chase Daniels was there. Um, you know, knocking off K-State. Now, they're not a world beater. They were never going to be a college football playoff team. But that's an upper-tier Big 12 team going up against the middle-tier, maybe bottom-tier SEC team. And uh, you can never go wrong with a fat kicker drilling a 61-yarder. <laughs> Gotta love it. Dude, I I love a good fat kicker. Like, there's nothing funnier. <laughs> there's no reason for that position to be fat. There's no reason for Sebastian Janikowski to be one of the biggest leg kickers ever. He shouldn't be an athlete. He shouldn't be <laughs> out in the athletic world. You look at that dude and you're like, oh, okay, like, you are construction. Or, <laughs> like, you're really into bud heavies. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he's a kicker. And he goes to school for free. <laughs> Yeah, Janikowski, legend. Dude, nothing. I, I believe that that dude drank a sixer before every game. Like, there's no way. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into Colorado, Colorado State. And, dude. I mean, that, that started getting the headlines before the game started with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coaches talking about people's mamas and uh, oh, dude, sunglasses hat. and hats and everything. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the chaos ensued. You know, the tensions were boiling over and then Travis Hunter gets hit and crazy overtime game there. Colorado pulled right. it out 43-35. Right. What, what well, uh, that one? let's let's start with with the Travis Hunter hit. It's 100% a dirty hit. Um that ball's 10 yards over his head and you have a safety that's keyed up and put put the wood on him, right? But you, when you look at it, people who are saying he should be suspended 5 games, 10 games, kick him out of the NCAA you're crazy. He should have probably been ejected from the game. That's a targeting. I understand that he didn't lead with the crown of his helmet, but that's the definition of the rule. Unnecessary roughness. The ball is 10 yards over his head. It's not like the corner hit the ball. It's not like Travis Hunter hit the ball, right? It's never touched and he still lays him out. Now, when you look at the context of that player, he is from the Boulder area. He grew up rooting for Colorado. He didn't get recruited by Colorado, but he got recruited by the rival in-state Colorado State, of course the dude is jacked up. Of course the guy is keyed up. 
he's already crazy because of all these factors. Then you add in the fact that pregame, you're getting into a fight, you know, yelling match on the logo. Of course, this dude's going to be jacked up, ready to go. He got a little, you know, out of control. I think he probably should have been kicked out of that game. Now, because he wasn't kicked out of that game, I do think a one-week suspension, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's a dirty hit. It's a late hit. But there's also something about playing on the edge that you like in those guys. You want – I want my safety. I want a guy like Cam Chancellor, Sean Taylor. They're playing on the edge. There are going to be times where you take some penalties where, hey, you got to live with it because that's what that player does. They play on the edge, you know. It's like having a pitcher like Nolan Ryan. He's going to come out and he's going to throw heat. He's going to throw hard. But if a couple guys hit him or, you know, someone stares at that home run for too long, he's going to go bean him later. <laughs> it's something that you have to live with. It's what makes them great. Now, because it's so late, so dirty, he deserves a one-game suspension. But guys who are like, hey, he needs to be suspended for, you know, two, three games. He can't come back till Travis Hunter comes back. We're going to go leave death threats. We're going to call his family. Just loser, loser attitudes, loser material, loser morals. The kid made a bad decision. And it wasn't even that bad of a decision. He's playing on the edge. He got loose. It happened. Suspend him for a game and move on. He doesn't deserve to get attacked in the media. He doesn't get deserve to get attacked on Twitter. And whoever doxed him, you're such a loser. Like yeah. get off your get off your mom's couch, put down the Doritos, go to a gym, <laughs> go work out, go meet some people outside, touch some grass, and go be a normal functioning human being. There you go. <laughs> sorry yeah. i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> no yeah i agree yeah i saw yeah the headlines that he was receiving death threat death threats that's just awful um and then travis Lacerated hunter rated liver yeah so travis <laughs> hunter put out a youtube video that i watched last yeah. night and mm -hmm. that's pretty cool that he's on youtube um but it showed everything behind the scenes up to the game up to the end of the game and then yeah i showed him in the hospital bed and apparently he's back home now but it sounds like three weeks is how long he's going to be out with the lacerated liver. Yeah, three to four. Um, those are pretty scary. Believe it or not, I, I played against a kid who got his lacer or his liver lacerated uh, in an eighth grade football game out at the old McKenzie Stadium out here at Evergreen, that that carpet stuff. Yeah. It's, it's scary, you know? Like that is – it's a different injury. People break bones. I mean, shoot, Nick Chubb, whoa. But, oh you know, guys, guys tear ligaments. <laughs> But when it's like internal organs, that's where it gets scary. I'm glad that he's okay. I, I appreciate that Colorado is willing to just let you inside everything. Behind the scenes of what Dion does daily, what Shador is doing, Travis Hunter. They all get it, man. And I, I think that's really cool. But I also think it's cool to kind of calm some people down, you know. Football is a violent game, but that doesn't mean that we want people hurt or, you know, with serious life-threatening injuries. Right. So I, I think that's a – cool move on Travis Hunter's part because now we get to see the behind the scenes. It's also a smart business move on his part because I guarantee you that thing's got hundreds of thousands of views, if not millions. Oh yeah. That's money in his bank. That's Dwayne money in the, the pocket. Dwayne, the rock Johnson was in there standing next yeah. to, uh, Deion Sanders for the pregame speech. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm and just Lil, glad he they, they walk out to Lil Wayne performing Dude, live. live Lil Wayne concert. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Coolest atmosphere ever. I loved it. If you are hating on Colorado for storming the field after winning that game, again, another loser. It's college kids <laughs> trying to have fun. They won a game. I get it. You were 21-point favorites or whatever. You were down by, I think it was 10 to 17 
with, you know, in that fourth quarter, who cares? You came back. It's a crazy comeback. Was that double Shador, overtime? Double overtime. Shador didn't look that good first half. He comes back, lights it back up like he should if he wants to be a Heisman candidate. The dude is for real. I am drinking all the Gatorade, all the Kool-Aid with Shador. That dude is an absolute savage. He is a legit NFL prospect. He is a good quarterback that's going to lead this team to wins and probably one or two that they don't deserve. They're going to be a bowl team. They're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be frisky. They are going to be a team in the Pac-12, mark my words, that either knocks a team out of the playoff or that knocks a team out of a Pac-12 championship opportunity because of how good this offense is and how because good Shadour Sanders is. And they haven't really seen a team quite yet like they will this weekend in Oregon. Yeah. So, um, yes. From what, from what I've heard, I mean, it's just going to be a, you know, a fist fight as far as offenses are concerned. Um, right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on them going into Autzen Stadium this weekend? Uh, I don't love the line. Uh, 21 points, I think, is what I yeah. saw last. That seems a bit high. I would lean towards Colorado if I was going to bet that. Um, it seems it just seems like a, a number that's a little too high for an offense that can move the football, move the football well. Where the issue is going to be is what Colorado State killed Colorado with is they kept running those little crossing routes. They're five-yard little routes, and your nickel cornerback and your linebackers weren't able to keep up with Colorado State's tight end and some of their speedier slots. Now you have to go up against Tez Johnson and Gary Bryant Jr. in the slot. Two guys that are way, way faster than any slot that you saw at Colorado State. Oh, by the way, Oregon's tight end is Terrence Ferguson. He's got Colorado State's tight end by another inch. He's probably about 20 pounds heavier, all muscle. And he's a little bit faster than that kid as well. He's a legit pro prospect. So Colorado's got to figure out something to stop those short crossing routes or else Oregon's just going to dink and dunk them alive, eat their lunch and kill them. And if they do want to play up tight and they want to get that close, well, now you've got Trayshawn Holden and you've got Troy Franklin who can go deep at any moment. Bo Nix is a legit Heisman candidate. That running game at Oregon, it's getting better. It's a little different style than what they used last year. Last year was a lot more RPO. In Coach Stein's offense, he likes to be a lot more of get guys the ball in space. So you're going to see a lot more swing passes, a lot more Texas routes from their running backs that they can use as an extension of the run game where you can just kind of flip it out over the middle to a running back when he's one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker. Or you can flip it out outside if you want to get uh, Bucky or Noah on the edge. Bucky Irving on the edge, he's one of, if not the most difficult running backs to stop. Then if you finally beat him up a little bit, then you've got Noah Whittington who can carry the rock. And then we're seeing a big output from uh, Jordan James, the third back. He's a sophomore. Kid is an absolute stud. He's the power back of that Oregon crew. So there's just a lot of weapons that Oregon has offensively that they're going to have to keep up with that I just don't see Colorado being able to keep up with for the entire game defensively. So that means then offensively you have to score every single time out. This Oregon defense, it's a mint defense, so it's a 3-3-5, and then you're doing a lot of twisting, a lot of stunting, a lot of stemming late on that D-line. Colorado's offensive line, they're a bit undersized. They're a bit uh, slow trying to keep up with this Oregon Duck D-line and with all the different blitzing schemes that they can run. 
I think Oregon's going to get a stop or two. That being said, I still think Colorado probably puts up 21 to 28 points. They're legit, man. They have a good offense, and they know how to get the ball, the guys in space. And like I said, I don't think Shador is going to win a Heisman, at least not this year. If he stays next year, he's going to be a front runner. But he's a legit candidate, and he's a legit NFL quarterback in my eyes. So to say that he's going to get shut out or stopped for a whole game seems a bit bold for me. Yeah, so I think the line was something like 71 for points. So would you take the over on that? I'm, I really want to. <laughs> yeah. Life's too short to bet the under. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't, for me personally, 71 is just such an astronomically high number that I would stay away. I mean, someone's got to get to 42 and the other, the other team's going to have to get to 35. Um, so I would stay away from that if I was going to bet that, which I haven't totally decided what my big three bets are going to be. Um, and I'll have that video coming out on Twitter here in about two days. I haven't decided yet, but I'm definitely looking, taking a good hard look at this Colorado line. And if that's something that I want to bet, uh, because I, I do think it's a juicy number. Yeah. And then getting into, uh, some other matchups, we're getting into conference play, which is going to be a lot of fun. Another big matchup. There's a few in the PAC 12, um, one in the sec. It looks like, um, so ACC's Oregon State got Washington. a great one. What was that? ACC has a great one. It like we get started right off the jump at 9 a.m. It's Florida State Clemson. 9 a.m. Dude, Jordan Travis, he got a little dinged up against BC. Florida State took their foot off the gas pedal, almost let BC back into that game and win. I think FSU wins and I think they blow him out. I don't think Clemson's that good this year. I don't like Klubnik. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I think at this point, everything that Clemson does is stale and old. When you watch that Duke game on that first Monday of week one, Duke knew everything that Clemson was about to do, and they've caught up recruiting-wise. Or Clemson has taken a step back and regressed. But, man, I, if I'm Clemson, your decade of dominance, I think it's over. And a lot of college coaches were saying, when they were talking about Dabo's crew, it's, we know what they're going to run. It's very basic. They just had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, two of the best college quarterbacks of you know the 21st century, and they went back to back, so they looked like this absolute juggernaut. Now that they don't have those guys, it's a lot easier to scheme up and stop them. And I think you're starting to see that. And this FSU team is for real because they blew out LSU, and LSU is a good team. They're a top 15, borderline top 10 team in uh, the country right now, I believe. And they blew them out. Blew them out. If this Jordan Travis kid can stay healthy at QB, he's going to light up a lot of teams. And that defensive line is – unreal they're going to get after the quarterback i i think they might block clemson i really do yeah what about uh notre dame ohio state oh dude six that might be six versus nine that might be my my best bet i hate this as a um west coast biased college football fan i love notre dame this year i hate it so much <laughs> i despise notre dame just because i hate that they're so pretentious like we're independent we're better than all of you guys Oh, well, we technically play uh, ACC light schedule. You play five teams, and every year you try and schedule it so you avoid the big boys. Or if you play one of them, it's like, okay, we have four cupcakes, and then we get to play Clemson. Or four cupcakes, and then Miami. So I, I hate what Notre Dame stands for. That being said, this Sam Hartman kid is legit. 
And you get Ohio State at home. Ohio State hasn't looked as good this year. I don't buy into their quarterback. You know, he's not C.J. Stroud. He's not J.T. Barrett. He's not Dwayne Haskins. He's not one of these quarterbacks that Ohio State had a run of. I know you got the best two wide receivers in the country uh, in Marvin Harrison and Ibukum, right? I hope I pronounced his name right. It's so hard. But you've got those two guys out on the edge, but you can't get the ball to them. This Notre Dame team is big. They're physical. Hartman is a dark horse Heisman candidate. A lot of people are starting to bet on him because I think he's I think he's 20 to 1 right now to win the Heisman. They win this game, which I think they do. That's a huge boost for him and the running back. The running back right now leads to the country in rushing yards. This Notre Dame team is for real. This isn't Manti Teo's Notre Dame team where they got lucky and they just had one big name dude who was flying around making plays. This is a legit Notre Dame team. They are going to have a significant chance at the college football playoff, especially if they win this game at home, which I think they can. It sucks as a West Coast football fan. It really does. But this Notre Dame team is for real, and they have a quarterback that can lead them to the promised land. And they're plus three right now. They're plus three at home against Ohio State. I love this Notre Dame team. I think I think they win this game. I really do. That'd be awesome. And then the, around the tame, uh, same time slot, you got Penn State at home versus Iowa. And then you also have Washington State versus Oregon State. Yeah. The the Penn State-Iowa, I think that's fool's gold. Um, I know Iowa's like ranked 24th. The only thing that I like about this season of Iowa football is we get to watch their OC, uh, Ferens. I think. It's, it's, it's the head coach's son. He has a a contract, uh, a clause in his contract. So he has to win seven games this year and average 25 points or he's fired because they've had the worst offense in college football. <laughs> and so I follow the tracker and it tracks all of his points all the way up to, uh, I think he's got to get to 325 on the season. Right now, I think he's averaging like 26, 27 points a game. Right at uh, the line. You're not getting 25 <laughs> against, <laughs> against Penn State. This Penn State team is legit. Um, I like the quarterback, this Aller kid. I'm interested to see what he can do. And then James Franklin's a quality football coach. James Franklin won like eight or nine games at Vanderbilt. No one wins eight or nine games at Vanderbilt. In the SEC, he's a good coach. This Penn State team, everyone is saying they are primed right now to make a run at Michigan and Ohio State. I think they win this game. I don't know if it's a blowout. And the only reason I say that is because I was just going to run the ball every single time that they have it. They don't throw the ball. So the clock's going to run really fast, but this is Penn State. They're going to smack the game. I I'm paying attention to you're paying attention to everyone on the West coast is paying attention to is definitely that Oregon state, Washington state game. That game is going to be awesome in Pullman. dude. I think your Cougs, I'm nervous for the beeves. I, I think your Cougs have a really, really good shot at that one. They always seem to be the underdogs. Cam Ward, his his progression this year in just being more careful with the football while adding uh, a higher efficiency rate, it's done light years for that offense. He looks fantastic. He took that next step up. He's being smarter with the football. He doesn't have as many completions. Last year, he had a bunch of games where it's like, oh, you know, Cam Ward threw for 350 yards, but he was like 50% completion percentage. This year, he's closer to 60. The dude is slinging the rock around. Lincoln Victor has emerged as his number one target. Dude has 342 yards on the year already, three touchdowns. 
He's the perfect slot. He's a little bit undersized, but what he makes up for that in is just pure athleticism. He's so fast. His routes are crisp. Having to have a safety or a linebacker come down on him and try and guard him in the slot, it just doesn't work. So you got to bring your nickel over. When you bring your nickel over, it leaves guys open uh, to one-on-one coverage on the outsides. Just opens up this entire offense. And then Oregon State plays almost an opposite brand of football. It is pro style. It is bully ball. Martinez is top 10 right now in the country. I believe he's eighth in rushing. DJU, aside from last week against San Diego State, which worries me, looks like he's taken a step up. Uh, He's a lot more efficient with the football. He can run, and he's big like Cam Newton of old, so guys aren't going to just beat up on him. It's not like uh, Lamar Jackson or uh, the McDaniel kid out at um, LSU where you worry every time they they get hit. Half the time it's like, oh, man, DJU's bigger than that DN that's tackling him. So (laughs) – it's going to be a fun, fun football game. I, I do agree with Josh Pate. He uh, has a great college football show. He says that Oregon State's peak, like their top end, is better than WSU's top end. And I do agree with that because of the bully, bull, bully ball style of football that they play. That said, are we guaranteeing that Oregon State's best shows up? You're in the Palouse. A couple things go WSU's way. Their defense has been opportunistic as hell this year really getting after the dairy raid at wisconsin that place gets rocking that place gets loud it's a tough place stuff to play might, stuff might snowball man and this is this is a big deal this is a big game uh i'm excited you're gonna really find out i think this game actually will probably eliminate one team from the pac-12 championship discussion just on whoever loses because of how brutal the schedule is in the pac-12 and if you lose a game this early I don't see how you run the table the rest of the, rest of the way and get in to that championship game. And a little bit more on Cam Ward. Um, let's see here. He's 78 for uh, 78 for 108 passing, 72% completion. Uh, nine Higher touch- than I thought. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, 986 passing yards. I believe, okay, he's uh, one of just four quarterbacks in the country with nine plus touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I want to say that there was another wow. stat where he's like, oh, here it is. He's um, top so, 15, I think, in the nation right now in passing. So he's if number three in the country in passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. And number and uh, WSU is number four in the country in total offense per game with 361 yards per game. Dude, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. I And I think passing yardage total, I believe he's top 15. I know the Pac-12 has six in the top 20 and he's one of them because you go Penix one Shadour two and I Caleb Williams at 20 and I don't remember exactly where Ward and Delora end up at but they're they're right near that that top end as well and that was that was I mean Delora you know him being at Wazoo beforehand that that was fun to see him play at Wazoo also um Mm. and then Cam also said he made a comment. Uh, oh, he's sixth. I'm sorry. I was way off. He is sixth right now in the country. Cam? Uh, total, yeah. He, total passing yards? Yep. So it goes Michael Penix at 13, Shadour at 12, uh, the Hawaii kid Shager. He's at. Uh, he's got two more yards than the Vanderbilt kid Swan. Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's just over 1,000. And Ward is uh, at 986. 
Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about how the PAC 12 is the best team in the country or sorry, the best conference in the country this yep. year. I mean, they also have the best quarterbacks in the country. Oh, bar none. Like I said, uh, we're going through those numbers. You've got the number one and number two guys, by the way, you've got the number one and number two guys, and they've only played three games. Most of these other quarterbacks, they've played four that are in that top end. Oh, wow. Um, Hartman's played four. Shager's played four. Uh, and Swan has played four at Vanderbilt. They, they all, they've all played four. So you've got Penix at one, Shadur at two, Ward at six. You've got Delora at 12, Bo Nix at 16, and then you've got Caleb Williams at 20. Those are your, those are your top uh, Pac-12 quarterbacks that are slinging the rock. And to be honest, you might have another guy in there if he wasn't injured in, in uh, Rising, in Cam Rising out at Utah. Not that Utah slings the rock that much, but I guarantee you that they would pass the ball more with Rising at full strength, being fully healthy. So when I look at the Pac-12, man, the quarterback play, it's second to none, and that's why they have the deepest and most loaded conference. When you look at college football teams right now and you look at the top-tier teams, you think about the quarterbacks in them, right? USC is a top-tier team because they have Caleb Williams. Colorado has seen an elevation, yes, in coaching, but also because they have Shador Sanders there. Oregon feels like a potential playoff team because you have a potential Heisman candidate in Bo Nix. Michael Penix took that Washington team, who before he got there two years ago, didn't make it to a bowl game and has now put them in last year. They were a double-digit win team. Now you're talking about them as legitimately being one of, if not the best teams in the country. But then when you look at other teams elsewhere, right, there's only one team in the Big 12 that I fear, and that's Texas. And why is that? It's because they have Quinn Ewers, and he's looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. He went out in Alabama, one of the most difficult places to play, and he absolutely slung the rock around, and he's a reason and the main reason why they won that football game. Everyone's talking about Alabama regressing. Alabama's regressing because they don't have a quarterback that can throw the football. They have to go with Jaden Milrow, who is a great athlete, but he reminds me a lot of Anthony Richardson last year at Florida, where the dude can run around and make plays with his feet, and he's so athletic that you have to keep him in games because who can stop him? But at the same time, he doesn't throw a good enough ball for you to win games and to have a, you know, a potential championship season. I, jury's still out on the Georgia kid. That defense might just be so nasty that it doesn't matter. It's almost like those early 2000s Ravens with Trent Dilfer where it's like, hmm. dude, your defense just eats it all up, so you're fine. Florida State, they've made a jump. Why? Because they have Jordan Travis. So I think a lot of times in college football, you can look at that quarterback room, and that's really where you're going to see, hey, who are these top-tier teams? Oh, it's these four or five? Look at the quarterbacks. They are the best in the country or the best decision makers in the country. They might not have the highest numbers, but they can make all the throws, and they don't turn the ball over. Those are going to be the teams at the end of the day that are near the top. And the Pac-12 just has an abundance of them right now. Yeah. And uh, top 25, week four, um, you know, eight Pac-12 teams, six SEC teams, four ACC teams, four Big Ten, four big, uh, two Big 12, and then one independent. So I think uh, Pac-12 will still be up there for a lot of the season with uh, the top conference. Um, yeah, right. I'm really excited right. to see that. Well, and we got, might, yeah, 
sorry, we might see some teams fall off. Like it wouldn't shock yeah. me if Colorado fell out. Um, between OSU and WSU, whichever team loses that game, it wouldn't shock me if we saw them fall out. But to act like they don't have good quarterback play or, you know, to act like they're not a frisky team, a dangerous team, that's just being negligent and choosing not to look at that quarterback position and look at that team as a whole, right? Like I didn't mention DJU. He's not a top, you know, 50 passer in in the country, but that's not what they're asking out of him in that offense. They're asking him to be smart with the football, make smart throws, good decisions, and put them in positions to win the game behind that running game and behind their defense. To me, that's a good quarterback, and that's a quarterback understanding his job, right? So that's why they're as high up in my rankings and a lot of people's rankings. Uh, when people just look at stats, that might be a little misleading to them. And DJ has a 162.8 passer rating. Yeah, so. if you take if you take away the San Diego State game now, to be fair, it's San Jose State and UC Davis, but you take away the San Diego State game, he he's looked really really good, and that Oregon Oregon State offense has looked really really good. And then um, also in the Pac-12, we got UCLA and Utah. That's going to be a good game. We're going to see something out of Dante Moore. I'm excited. He's a freshman out at UCLA. Uh, Utah, obviously, there's no rising. There's talk that he might be back, but probably not. You're probably going to have to go with the third-string kid. That third-string kid, he can run with his legs. His passing isn't there, but he gives you the best chance to win, just like Milrow at Alabama. You don't trust his arm, but his athletic ability is going to allow him to make some plays, and it's going to allow him to make some easier throws just because he can throw on the run better than anybody else. But if Utah's defense can't stop more, who is – he is a freshman. I understand that. But he's a freshman QB in Chip Kelly's system. Chip Kelly still knows how to coach offensive football. He still knows how to score a lot of points. And there's a reason that Moore was a five-star kid. There's a reason that in some rankings – he was the number one quarterback coming out of that class. So I think some people's eyes might be open to that Fox game. I think it's the 1230 game. Yeah. 1230 on Fox. I don't know why you wouldn't be watching Oregon, Colorado, but if you're not, I would, I would check into that one. Cause I think you're about to have your eyes open to Dante Moore. That dude is legit. He can make all the throws and this is the worst he's going to look. Whatever you see on Saturday Good, bad, ugly. It's only going to go up from here. The game's only going to slow down. He's only going to get faster. He's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get smarter. There's a chance that that dude is wrecking havoc in Big Ten football in two or three years. I'm excited to watch him. This isn't an ad for YouTube TV, but YouTube TV is pretty awesome because you can have four different games on at the same Mm -hmm. time, and there's all different options of which games you want on there. I have – I bought – NFL Sunday ticket. So oh, it's, yep. it's the same thing, but for NFL. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you could have UCLA, Utah on at the same time as Colorado, Oregon on the same TV, you also mm-hmm. have Ole Miss, Alabama at 1230, which is another Dude, it's, you know 15 versus 13. It's a great bar or Buffalo Wild Wings YouTube TV weekend. A-L-N-A. It's Dude, <laughs> right. Oh, A-L-N-A sports bar. If you can find one, if you're in Vegas, go to a sports bar. Yeah. Like, just park yourself on the couch. At, well, shoot, get up early, do the honey-do list, or say, hey, you know what, I'm <laughs> sorry, that's that's a Sunday thing, I'll worry about it then. Just park yourself on the couch, 9 o'clock, there's going to be great games all the way until 10 o'clock. 
I love the slate this weekend. Find as many TVs as you can. You know, if you got to have people bring in laptops, we used to do that in college. We yeah. have one on the TV. We'd have one laptop here, one t- laptop <laughs> there. We'd situate it perfectly so we could just see all three of them at the same time. Or like I said, if you're 21, go find a sports bar, go find a Buffalo Wild Wings and just hang out in a spot where you can watch college football all day long. There's great games all over the place. I think Lane Kiffin, hot take, maybe not as hot after the last two weeks. I think Lane Kiffin finally gets his first win over his old uh, head football coach in Saban. I, yeah. I think Ole Miss can win that football game. I don't buy into Milrow. I think Milrow gives Alabama the best chance to win, um, and he's going to give them the best chance to win this season. But this isn't the Alabama team of you know six, seven years ago. Shoot, this isn't the Alabama team of five years ago. You know, this isn't Alabama with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and Williams on the outside. And you've got all these star running backs, Brian Robinson. You know, that's not this Alabama football team. I really do think Ole Miss might go in there and knock them off. And we might be looking at a new SEC West champion. Or if it's, you know, LSU, it's LSU. But I think the SEC West is going to finally dethrone Alabama for the next couple of years, at least until they find a way to get a better quarterback. Yeah, it'll be really fun weekend with uh, college football. Um, any other big games that you're looking at? Um, well, everything else from here is just uh, gambling purposes. <laughs> uh, North Carolina, Pitt, Pitt. I don't think Pitt's very good. I love Drake May. Uh, there's a reason that Drake May is being talked about as, you know, the number two quarterback in the NFL draft this season. Uh, right now, they're a seven and a half point favorite. Pitt got smacked by West Virginia, a West Virginia team uh, that Penn State cheaply, but still did cover against on a 20 uh, or like an 18 point spread or 20 point spread, something along those lines. Um, so, I think North Carolina could blow them out. I know it's on the road and that's kind of scary, but Pitt, you just got smacked pretty good by West Virginia, your most hated rival backyard brawl. And you didn't look that good against the West Virginia team that I'm not that impressed by. So that's definitely one that I'm going to pay attention to. Plus you've just, I mean, Drake May's a great quarterback. He's, he's the better uh, playmaker in that game. Uh, so I want to lean that way. Uh, and then uh, as I do a quick little scroll through, uh, I think that's the top one for me. Um, you know, you're definitely going to want to check out USC. I think they get Arizona state, Arizona yep. state, everyone's hurt. Uh, but I want to see how Caleb Williams reacts off the bye week um, And I want to see if he actually plays a third quarter, you know, he hasn't played after the second uh, quarter this whole season. None of wow. the starters have. So I, I want to see this football team. I want to see, uh, if they'll end up playing in that third quarter, which honestly wouldn't shock me if they don't. And then there's also Texas and Baylor. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this Baylor football team is very good. This, uh, they've got an okay defense. Their offense is horrendous. Um, Texas, I, I did uh, bet Wyoming this week, this last weekend. Uh, thank you for that cover there. <laughs> um, but I'd be more likely to look at Baylor, Texas, if this was Texas just coming off the Alabama loss, but it's not, it's a uh, Texas. You you're already through your letdown spot. And now it's a build towards Oklahoma. You got a week or two before the red river rivalry or red river, red river showdown, whatever they're calling it. Now they change it every 10 years. 
Um, so I think Texas is building to that because at this point, Texas has their entire season out in front of them. K-State isn't ranked anymore. So the only team that you're going to play that is ranked is Oklahoma. So you got to make sure you win that football game. You're not going to have a strength of schedule argument. I don't think Texas can afford to lose a game if they want to get into the college football playoff because of how weak their schedule is. And I do think that Alabama win isn't going to look as good. That being said, if you run the table and take care of business, they're probably the one seed or the two seed, depending on what happens with Georgia going into the playoff. Right on. Yeah, it'll be a fun weekend, college football. Um, yeah, definitely need to look out for your your bets of the week when you put that out. We'll throw it on, maybe throw it on the couch GM too. Um, did you go 3-0 and last week? Is that what I saw? Three three and oh. Yep. So I went two and one, two and one, three and oh. So I'm seven and two on the year right now. So naturally that means I will go oh and three <laughs> this week. There you go. Um hopefully not though. I'm excited. I like my gambling strategy of who has the most dudes. I just do a dude off in my head whenever <laughs> I look and I go, Oh, okay, like there's a dude off. I think they have better better dudes and then it's really just who has the best quarterback you know when you go through it and you're looking at your strategy especially in college football um you're gonna have to factor in like i bet wyoming of course texas has the better quarterback than wyoming but wyoming beat a texas tech team that is better than i thought so you know wyoming can be frisky and then you look at texas they just won the biggest game in probably the last 10 to 15 years in texas uh you know at that university you're telling me they're not going to have a little bit of a letdown against a team that can be frisky? So that seemed like an easy bet. And then other than that, for the most part, it is, hey, who's got the better quarterback? Who's got the better matchup in this one? Uh, and then with this college football slate, there are a lot of big games to bet. So it won't be like I'm going to be taking Baylor versus the school for the deaf and the blind. It'll be, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm looking at FSU Clemson. I'm looking at Notre Dame, Ohio State. I'm looking at Oregon, Colorado. Uh, I'm looking at these big games and I'm liking some of the numbers and I'm liking some of the lines. So I would definitely keep an eye out for that. It's going to be on my Twitter. It'll be on the 1080 Twitter. And, you know, maybe we'll even get it out on the couch GM Twitter, uh, on the Instagram somewhere and get it out there for you guys all to see and you guys to bet and, uh, bet responsibly. But, uh, I I'm excited. I've been, I've been doing well. I want to keep the streak hot. I want to keep going, keep, keep, keep winning responsibly. Absolutely. All right. Well, appreciate your time again. Looking forward to this weekend and uh, we'll do it again next Tuesday. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Thanks for having me on, bud.